Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Y'all been asking me, begging me, pressing me. And here I am with the major announcement. Yes, Small Doses, Potent Truths for Everyday Use. My book will be available on Audible. On February 4th, you will be able to get my book written by me and now spoken by me on Audible. So for everybody out there who was like, I don't read books, I just listen to books. I hope that you got the actual book because the visual experience of the book is its own thing. In addition to now getting the audio experience, which will also be its own thing. So make sure to get your download of Small Doses Potent Truths for Everyday Use at Audible on February 4th. And New York City, remember, I will be headlining at Caroline's Comedy Club January 30th, 31st, and February 1st. So make sure you get your tickets at smartfunnyandblack.com because I'm going to be bringing the funny to the East Coast and warming y'all up. Self-help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. Keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Nancy Seals. It's so funky. So funky. <laughs> oh, small doses, fam, a lamb. It's 2020. Or as Rebecca dubbed it, the petty 20s. That's right. Because in these petty 20s, there's only one thing we can do. Or continue to do. I know what I'm going to be doing. And that's something I need. I'm going to be something I need. Shoo doo doo Now, last year, people came for my neck in various shoe attires. <laughs> Some people came for my neck, you know, with booties. With soft-soled footwear. Others came with cleats. Others came with Timberlands. They tried to decapitate me. But I continued to persevere into this new year and decade because we had no choice. And the beauty of a petty 20 is that for all of those who had their foot on your neck, you can shake that shit off to stunt on them Hose. My personal version of that <laughs> was being added to the real. That's right. What better way to make people who hate seeing you say what you want to say and talk how you want to talk? What better way of pissing them off than getting the opportunity to do it every day on daytime television globally? I can only assume it's globally, not just because they watched in Grenada, but because the dude that I made out with outside of the club in Cuba sent me an Instagram DM today, and I have not spoken to him since I went to Cuba in 2017. I can only assume he saw me on the reel and thought, this will be a good time to say hello. I did not respond because I don't know what his request could possibly be. Because if people want to congratulate you, they just outright say congratulations. They don't say, do you remember me? <laughs> Shout out to all my Cubanos. Anywho, 
This episode is side effects of the real. Now, I mean, at some point, we'll do a side effects of like keeping it real, but we already did side effects of being a realist. So, side effects of the real is really about my joining the real. And I know that you guys, you know, like to hear about different ways that things go down and the business of it and the mentals of it, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought, what better way to start the year with giving you all some inside scoop behind the scenes of my new position at the table with Jeannie Mai, Lana Love, Tamara Mowry, and Adrienne Houghton, who I've known since she was Adrienne by Lan. Okay. So I'm going to be answering your DMT questions and I'll be giving you some input and insight into my, my brain juices on how this all has come together. Let's drop a gem. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We dropping on these hoes. Today's gem dropping is scripted versus unscripted. And this is a little bit of a kind of insight into the entertainment industry. I know a lot of y'all are creatives out there, but may not know certain different lingos. So when I moved to L.A., I did not know like that there was a difference between scripted and unscripted. I just used to know like there's acting in a show and hosting in a show. So scripted shows are shows that have a narrative, okay, that are about a story being told. So Insecure is considered a scripted show. Then you have semi-scripted. Semi-scripted shows are shows that are continuously still about a narrative, except it is basically melded with improv that is created in real time. So shows like Veep, shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm are semi-scripted shows. Then you have unscripted shows. Unscripted shows are any shows that are not about a narrative being acted out, but exists in reality. Even if it's a reality TV show that's made up, it's still considered unscripted because it's considered reality TV. It's wanting you to believe that what's happening is actually really happening. So that would be like reality shows, any news shows, any competition shows. All of these are considered unscripted. So unscripted shows, you know, can go from like being like, like, like 106 in Park to Anderson Cooper. Um, it's a whole lot to like Dance Moms to Snapped. All of these are considered unscripted shows because they're not about actors acting out a story. Now, I was doing Insecure, which is a scripted show, and I was asked to do The Real, which is an unscripted show. And, you know, there's different things that happen in both of these spaces by nature of the fact that they're different genres of show. But I just thought the obvious, which is, On one show, I'm memorizing lines. On another show, I'm saving, I'm saying lines. But it actually ends up being more than that. Because when you're on a scripted show, you're playing a character, obviously. And so they really are a lot more um, just kind of like relaxed about what, like you coming to set. Like, don't get me wrong, they take care of you. You have your trailer, they ask you what you want to eat, et cetera. But It's really more about like setting things up so that the character can be in its best light, right? So the character, so when you get on set, like you can be in your best space as the character. What I found interested in being on an unscripted show 
And I saw a little bit of this on Bring the Funny, but you know we didn't shoot that long. But at, re- at The Real, they've been doing this show for six years, six and a half years. So they have like a real established rapport. And one of the things that I really learned from doing The Real um, was that there's a difference in how they kind of manage the talent because you're not going on camera in a character, you're going on camera as you. So they're a lot more hands-on with just making sure that you are like in the best frame of mind for when you get on camera as you. Whereas at a scripted show, they really just want to make sure that like you've got your costume, you've got your hair, you've got your makeup, and you got your lines memorized because once you're in front of that camera, you know, they really want you to be able to just be in the character. Whereas at the real, they really want you to be able to just be you. Like your whole you. And the best way to do that is to just make sure like you got your juice, you know, you got your glam, like you got every little like thing that can make you feel comfortable being the Amanda that you are. And I just thought that was really unique because I've done scripted and unscripted and I, but I hadn't done unscripted in LA at this level. And when I was doing Unscripted in New York, it just felt like they didn't really care that much about the talent. I used to do a show not on MTV, not on VH1, um, where a producer literally said to me, my job isn't to make sure that you feel good. My job is to get the show done. This is after like I had come in and was feeling sick. And someone suggested I take a shot of apple cider vinegar. And I had never done it before. And when I took the shot of apple cider vinegar, it went up my nose. Y'all, I died. You're talking to my spirit. I'm really speaking from the other side. It went up my nose. I swear it burned a cavity, like, in my sinus. I mean, it was so painful. Like, I had mucus coming out of, like, my nose, my mouth. My ears popped. Like, it legit fucked me up. And I, like, couldn't shoot at that immediate moment. Like, I needed to, like, I needed a breather. It took me about an hour to, like, get my, like, faculties all the way back. I know you're, like, you're a, you're a wimp. Whatever. But look at Jada's face. Look at it. Because it was unbelievable. So when we did get back on set, I was like, all right, all right, all right, I got to. I got to work this out. I got to work this out. And she was legit. The producer was mad that I took an hour to get myself together. And she was like, you know, it's It's not not about about you. you. It's It's about about the the show. show. Y'all, I was the only host of the show. So, like, you don't have a show in this moment if I don't feel good enough to do the show. I say all of that to say... That no matter if you're in scripted or unscripted, like, there's a difference between talent being bougie and being extra. But you always want to take care of the folks that are going out there to do the damn thing. And that's why, like, athletes got to get trainers and get massages, etc. And I think that what I really enjoy about The Real is that they seem to really understand that it's not just a like make talent feel welcome but it's also like 
They take care of your mind. They take care of your body by making sure that, like, you get the food you want. They take care of you mentally by debriefing us and walking us through the stories and, and really hearing our points of view. And it really makes it really fun to go there. And that's why, like, when I was guest hosting, I realized one day that I looked up and said, hey, I've been here for two weeks. And I've been being myself this whole time. And I never, like, had to be conscious about that. And that's when I knew, like, if we end up doing the show full time, I can do it. Time to answer your DMT questions. All right. First question. Of all the ladies on the reel, which one do you have the most intimate and truthful conversations with? Hmm. I mean, I think it really ends up being Jeannie just because Jeannie asks the most questions. I'm not even shitting you. Between every break, Jeannie has a new question for me. And the question will range from like... So Doritos or Cheetos, which do you prefer? To like, have you ever had an abortion? Like it could be, I mean, it it could be like a wide range. And like Jeannie's energy is so genuinely inquisitive. Like you're never really like offended by anything she asks you. Like she could literally ask you like, what's your blood type? And then the next question she could be like, so who'd you vote for in the last election? And some people will be like very offended by that. But I'm always just like, what, what questions are you going to ask me next? Like it's, at this point, I'm just like waiting. Like I'm excited. Like, And the question always leads to a further conversation. So she'll like ask you the question, you'll answer. And then she'll be like, oh, OK. So when that happened. So when you're watching us like on TV, just know there's an entire side interview happening at the table with me and Jeannie Mai. Next question. Having just seen that Venmo request, are you now seeing increasingly ridiculous requests for your time or money since being on The Real? So basically, like, someone this morning sent me a Venmo request for $2,500, like, literally on Venmo, saying, not a scam, need help paying rent. First of all, if your rent is $2,500, how did you even get that place if now you need my help? I ain't never had an apartment with a rent of more than $2,500. And if you rent in a house and it's $2,500, that's, I mean, so to, to each their own. But I think you don't need rent money. I think you need to get a cheaper place. Because $2,500 is a lot of money a month for just your rent. And when you come in in my Venmo giving me a request for money and then you tell me it's not a scam, uh, I don't know you. That makes it a scam. But this person's question about, like, have I gotten any more weird requests for money? It's not that. It's more so just people being weird. Like, I've had, like, great responses and, like, dope experiences. But then you also have, like, just people reacting differently to you getting into a new place of success in your life. For some people, it's like they they want to be happy for you, but they're so ashamed of themselves that they just can't be like they're so miserable that they literally just can't be happy for you and I've seen it with like dudes I've also seen it with my girls just kind of like just weird reactions that I would not have anticipated 
And it takes a certain level of graciousness and gracefulness. Who in the who the universe is, is really working on me, y'all? To not be like, the fuck? And you just have to be like, all right, that's where they at with it and rise above. And like, I'm not going to lie. I would love for it all to just be congratulatory, you know, because you it just would be nicer. It'd be sweeter. But people are human. And I, I think what, what I think what it is, is that in those moments where you're getting to celebrate like something that you're doing. You're just like, can y'all find a different time to be human? <laughs> like, can there, can there be a different version of your humanity right now? Because this, this hurts. This feels hurtful. But what can you do? So that's more so what it's been. Just like people coming out the woodworks, people not necessarily like being celebratory, or they have like a limit where it's like they could congratulate you on one thing, but now it's like now you're doing this now too. I. I, I'm, I've reached my limit. My thimble runneth over. Um, and you just start to really understand why it's so important to have people around you that are of their own ambition, that are aspirational, and that are leveling up. Some people will tell you it's because you can't like keep friends or date people who are not on your level because... Um, you know, like, y'all are not going to have anything in common or y'all are going to, like, bump heads... It's like, yeah, but you end up having all that happen because a lot of times, like, people get resentful. And it's not even that they don't like that this is happening to you. They just hate that they can't figure out how to make shit happen for them. And that just gets projected onto you in a myriad of ways. So what can you do? But for the most part, it's actually been super just dope and um really exciting and 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 really like it's been really fun being able to share this joy with with people who I know have like seen me at this and working at this for a long time next question I'm super happy you were joining as a real co-host how nervous were you stepping into this train that was already moving and what are you most excited about in becoming a co-host I think I was nervous, obviously, because it was already moving and because, like, they have so many years in that I didn't want to feel like a fifth wheel. But even when I was guest hosting, like, they were just so embracing and inclusive and everything just felt, like, real um, natural. And I don't know how much of that is because, like, I click with them or because they already have, like, such so much time under their belts that it's a well-oiled machine. But it's probably a bit of both. And... My nerves were very, like, quickly alleviated. Like, literally, we sh we shoot two episodes on Mondays. And by the second episode, like, I was relaxed. Like, I just needed to get that first one out. And I cried. Oh, I was so mad at myself. Usually I don't care that I cried, but I just didn't see it coming. It was just like, tears! Um, and what was I most excited about in becoming a co-host? Um, really just getting to use my brain every day. Like, when we are shooting Insecure, like, it's a different kind of, you, you use your brain in a different way. And we have a lot of downtime on set. So it's just a different uh, process of shooting. 
And with this, it was like cool to get the opportunity to like have something more fast paced and really just like it felt more like what I do on my Instagram. So literally just like taking my Instagram to a higher level. And I thought that was like exciting. And um, and also just like the opportunity to like give you looks every day. Every day I'm giving you glam and a tracksuit in the morning. So works for all of us. Next question. How to manage being a confident woman around other confident women. In other words, how do you make things harmonious rather than competitive or clashing? I mean, I think we're just mature. I mean, the environment is not a competitive environment. Like, we're all at the table. Nobody is considered, like, uh, there's no, like, hierarchy. Like, this person is the leader or this person is the team captain. You know, we're all respected equally for our voices and for what we bring to the conversation. So I think that there alone just makes for an environment that competition doesn't really serve a purpose in. Um, you're really just competing with yourself in terms of wanting to make sure that you're as thoughtful as you can be and funny and knowledgeable. So in terms of clashing, you know, I'll, I'll look in the comments every once in a while and people will say things like, oh, it looks like Adrienne is clashing with the new girl. Look how she's standing in the picture. And, you know, it's like I'm standing like that in the picture because I didn't want the back of my pants to show because there was a clip back there, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy, like, what the investigative, you know, uh, Law & Order NCIS detective work that people do and be so wrong about like oh it looks like Jeannie Mai and Amanda are clashing mind you it's like she's literally like pinching my leg under the table while we clown you know something that she just said or they're like oh look at Lonnie 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 hates Amanda it's like mind you Lonnie's on there like y'all better stop talking shit about Amanda <laughs> so you know for what it's worth like I'm sure there'll be clashes at some point, like by nature of just like, it's a bunch of people at a job. Like that's just typical. And you know, you're there every day. It's also early as shit. Motherfuckers is tired, tired. And we're doing a show where your real life is like happening around the show. So, you know, like there's things called periods. Uh, there's things called relationships. You know, there's family, all these things like, it's the kind of environment where if you're in, the, if you're experiencing any of those things, like everyone's going to know, you know? So I think that the idea of clashing is really, it's not about me having to do anything to prevent that other than simply just stepping into an environment that has already been created to prevent that. And I'm stepping tall. People I People I like? Well, duh. This week's people I like are my co-hosts. Jeannie, Adrian, Tamara, and Lana Love. And you know what? I will add to that. Literally the crew. Everybody in the crew at The Real is wild helpful. Sound people, the stage managers, the PAs, the security guard, like everybody is just 
easy going. The producers, um, the executives, like you just find yourself feeling like if there was any kind of problem, you could find a solution. And that is what makes them people I like because it may not have always been that way. I don't know. But they've somehow like established um, a team of people that definitely present that. And for me and my anxiety, my high strung ass, I like people that make me not high strung. I like people that make me feel calm and that make me feel like I am heard or that I'm safe. So it's really not just my co-host. It's it's everybody there. And I'm, I, I know you're like, oh, my God, this episode is so fake. She's just saying all these positive things because she's just now on the show. I'm not being phony about the real because I don't know how to be phony. If I had to be phony about the real, I just wouldn't do an episode about the real. It would be side effects of a new year. <laughs> but since I had so many positive things to say, I'm like, we got a whole episode that we could do. And I hope that in listening to these positives, it allows you to also apply them to maybe like your work environment. And whether you're building a work environment or if you're in a work environment that you want to change certain things up, like maybe hearing just the way that certain things have been presented at The Real can give you some insight on ways in which you can provide suggestions at your workplace or within your own workplace. Because it has absolutely helped giving me just some insight into my own shifting of work culture and work environment. And that's why they're people I like. I should also add that if this episode feels choppy or it feels like, you know, a little all over the place, it's because I'm so tired. I'm so tired, guys. I had to get up at 4.15 every day this week, which is an hour earlier than I typically have to wake up for the real. And my body is screaming. My body feels like that guy on intervention when his son tells him, like, you've been a crackhead for a hell of long and we really just want you to stop being a crackhead. And then he's like, ah! that's what my body feels like. It feels like it is a man who has been suffering from narcotics addiction for a long time on a show, crying in response to his son's compassion. That's what my body feels like. You, you feel, feel that? Like, right. So if my body feels like that, imagine what my brain feels like. I'll, I'll tell you. you. My brain feels like... <laughs> remember when you were a kid and for Halloween, they would be like, we're going to have these games and they're gonna we're going to blindfold you and you have to guess what this is. You have to like put your hand in this thing and like guess what it is. And they would do like... A bowl of wet, like, cold, like, spaghetti. It's meaning, like, not noodles that are meant to be wet and cold. Like, noodles that were actually cooked and then blanched. Right. Rebecca just made a bleh sound. And then you have to stick your hand in there and, like, move your hand around. They'll put, like, oil in it. Like, they'll make it feel, like, real oogie-googie. And they're like, these are Frankenstein brains. Yeah, that's what my brain feels like. Halloween, third grade, Mrs. Gill's class, Frankenstein brains. 
So I got Frankenstein brains on a uh, body. Trying to make sure I gave you all the show. That one time. So for this at one time, I figured I would give you all a day in the life of the real. So I wake up and I try to like talk to the universe for a little bit, but the, but I'm just being pulled to my phone. Let's be real. So I start looking at my phone, um, seeing if uh, my ex has texted me, um, seeing if there's any interesting DMs or Instagram posts, et cetera, that have taken place overnight. And then I get up, get dressed in my latest tracksuit and head out. Now, some of you just went, ill. you didn't take no shower. You're right. I didn't take a shower. Okay. You know why I didn't take a shower? Because it took me two days to realize that if I wake up and take a shower, I will die. I will die midway through the day because something about taking that shower in the morning like drains that extra little bit of energy that you needed to get you over the midday hump. So what you got to do is you got to take the shower at night right before you get in bed. Not at night and then you do other things. No. You got to take the shower and then immediately get in bed and let the sheets form a sarcophagus of cleanliness around you that preserves that after shower freshness so that when you wake up in the morning and you get dressed, it feels like you didn't do anything. You just went from the shower to the bed and then got dressed with an eight hour rest in between. Right? So that was a key life hack. Of course, I walk in the briefing room and I'm like, yo, I just realized I got to take a shower the night before. Everybody, get the hosts, producers, everybody was like, oh, yeah, we should have told you that. I'm like, geez, Louise. So then I get to the reel. Well, I get in my car, service. <laughs> Clear the runway, baby. Yeah. Get in my car, service, go to the reel. Luckily, I live pretty close to the studio. I get there. And I go into my dressing room and we get into glam. Now, let's be real. Do we immediately get into glam? No, because we always end up having a debrief about whatever fuck shit has happened in the last 12 hours that we've seen each other. And it seems like there's always somebody who's got some level of fuck shit that has happened. So that's got to happen first. Then we begin glam. So my stylist, Brian Javar, will tell us, this is what we're wearing today. My hairstylist right now, Cheyenne, and my makeup artist, Mel, we will all put together like, okay, this is what we're thinking. And then we set off on a journey. That's when my assistant, maybe Jana or Stephanie, will then present me with my breakfast. What does Amanda Seals eat for breakfast? Chicken fingers and fries every morning with ketchup, barbecue sauce, and ranch. Yes, Yes, Rebecca, because I like it savory. Okay? I don't want to have to do eggs every goddamn day. I don't want to do pancakes all the time. No. But do you know what I'm always ready for? Chicken fingers. Chicken fingers. And if I had my way, it would be spaghetti and meatballs every morning. But for some reason, spaghetti keeps giving me heartburn. And that's why my voice sounds like this. So, then I'm provided with a ginger shot. 
and a, and a green juice. We've been trying to figure out a green juice that doesn't taste like somebody stomped on leaves barefoot. We're trying to work it out. I'll let you know when we get there. Though I did like the one with the chia seeds. I actually got used to it. Okay, so. Then a producer will come in and tell me about the topics for Girl Chat. So we'll, we've got the topics the night before, but they'll come in and be like, okay, so what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? Little known fact, none of us know what the other is going to say. So they don't say to us like, well, Lonnie said or Adrian said. We just tell them what we're going to say, and then they go and have their own meeting. But overall, like when we sit down at that table at Girl Chat, no one knows where the other one is coming from. It makes it a lot more fun and exciting, I think, because I really legit will be like, what? what? You know, like sometimes Tam says something, I'm like, okay, Tams. And if, if I didn't have that like spontaneity, I, you know, I think that would like take away from the show. So they clearly figured that out season one. They stuck to it and it's working. Then we go into briefing. Briefing is when we all sit and read through the script with the producers and this, it's like everything but girl chat. So if we have a guest, like we'll read through like what the questions are for the guest. If we have a game, we'll read through the game, et cetera, et cetera. We all come into briefing in different looks. Like Adrian always does like her makeup and briefing. But Adrian's been coming in in like Timberlands, which I think is so cute in New York, even though we're in the middle of January in L.A., Lonnie always comes in briefing and she has like cool different like scullies that she wears. Then we have Jeannie who always comes in with like a random like Jeannie was eating out of like a pot with a handle. But then the other day she was drinking out of a vase. Listen, because she was like, it's a Rubbermaid vase. So it's like Tupperware. But she was like, I didn't want to throw it away. And I'm really trying to not use single use plastic. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just drink my water out of it. I'm like, you're so conscious then tams has like cute little onesies you know so and then i always come in in my tracksuit and i always stretch during debriefing so that's when i try and get my yoga on while we're reading the script then we go back we finish our glam and we head downstairs um we get mic'd we head downstairs and we pray and then we get on camera and we light it up and I haven't had like any level of regimen in my life for, I, I want to say like ever, like since I left college, like since I had like part-time jobs that I was doing, I literally haven't had any level of like regimen or like expectation. So it's actually been very different even just this week, like knowing what tomorrow brings. <laughs> and my hope is that that type of lifestyle will help bring me a little bit of ease to my anxiety because I feel like I've developed stronger anxiety in the past couple of years based on uncertainty and like just like just feeling like I'm in chaos at all times. And Rebecca's looking at me like she doesn't believe me. Um, you do believe me? Then what was that face? I'm just contemplating. What are you contemplating? I'm just, I'm just processing. But like for you or for me? I'm just, as a listener, I'm just oh. experiencing it. No, I didn't know if like it was making you think about like your own regimen. Um, she's like, no, I mean, nothing you're saying means anything to me. I'm simply taking notes as an objective party. Whatever, Rebecca. Um, so let's hope that I'm right because your girl would love to relax a little more. And 
That is that one time I started at the real. The last dose. Well, there you have it. I'm on a new show. It's a new year. It's a new decade. Um, you know, new year, same me. I'm not that person who does like new year, new me. I'm like, y'all got a lot of new yous. Um, but, you know, since it is a new year episode, I think it's worth, you know, doing some sort of self-reflection. And I don't really like make resolutions like that. Um, I just try to use the new year as like a time of heightened consciousness about things. And this year I'm trying to just once and for all, like, really listen to my intuition Um, because my intuition is very, very strong. But a lot of times, like, I'll ignore it for my emotions and really just working on trying to get better at understanding that, like, my emotions are fleeting and I don't necessarily have to answer to all of them. (laughs) Um, Sometimes it just feels like when you have such a strong, if you're an intense person and you have such a strong emotion that you got to like answer that and you got to respond to it with some type of action and you just kind of don't. And sometimes the action is just simply just, you know, receiving it and letting it pass. So I've really been trying to get back into the habit of that and just, um, just being more aware of my words. I saw somebody in the comments say, it seems like Amanda is like reading a script or that she is um, like saying something she's memorized. And what they're watching me do is they're watching me be thoughtful about what I'm saying. (laughs) And I guess, you know, maybe they've gotten so used to the other girls' versions of that that they don't know my version of that. But that's what I'm doing. Like I'm thinking before I speak, which for the record, we actually don't see a lot of these days, especially with like the Instagrams and, you know, the president, (laughs) whatever. So I'm really trying to continue to just do that and be that because I understand how important it is to be a part of media and, you know, putting out like words into the world that influence things and influence people. So I welcome all of you all to a new year, new decade. I hope everybody had like, you know, manageable holidays. I'm not even going to say happy holidays, just manageable holidays. Because we'd be putting a really high bar on these fucking holidays. Manageable holidays. Did you make it through without going through a depression? Good for you. Did you manage to get a present that you actually wanted? Good for you. Did you not text or call that ex? Good for you. Kudos to all of you who have managed to do any of these. And if you didn't do any of those, kudos to you. Because what you still did was find your ass to another episode of Small Doses, which means you're on the right track. We'll be celebrating our 100th episode next episode. A hundred. That means that me and Rebecca have sat here a hundred times. Brendan joined in what? Episode five? Something like that. So, you know, not, not so much like Brendan. Brendan. But me and... <laughs> but me and Rebecca <laughs> have sat here a hundred times and looked across this microphone at each other and watched her look at me with a smug, very, 
very unimpressed face, but I still forged forward, okay? I still forged forward. Even without Rebecca's approval, I still forged forward. Even with Rebecca's surprise and amazement at my gall, I still forged forward. Even with Rebecca's lack of having viewed the classic 90s film Legends of the Fall, I still forged forward. And now here we are. <laughs> I meant to watch it over the break. And I forgot. <laughs> We're almost at a hundo. If I had my way for the hundo episode, I would have had Quavo Huncho as our guest. One day. One day. Adieu. See you next time. At this point, I'm delirious. Star Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.